welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. I'm Raghavan Iyer, and my latest book is Smash Mash, Boiled and Baked, and Fried 2, a celebration of potatoes and 75 irresistible recipes. It's the holidays, and you were included in a beautiful Thanksgiving spread entitled The American Thanksgiving in the New York Times. What brought you to the United States from Mumbai at the age of, was it 16? Uh, it felt like it, but I was 21. And uh, I came to get my second degree. My first was in chemistry from Bombay University. And then my second degree, which was uh, from Michigan State University, I graduated with a degree in hotel restaurant management as well. Now, can you give us a short history of the potato? It's a short history that actually goes back to 10,000 B.C., and it's a, uh, uh, a tuber that um, was uh, native to South America, and uh, it was actually around uh, the Inca civilization, uh, 1500 B.C., when you really started to see um, sort of the full potential of the agricultural impact of potatoes. And from there, it... Uh, Eventually spread to uh, Europe and then came back to North America and then uh, traveled out east again. So um, I think in every um, country that it touched, uh, it truly uh, became a very strong force. And um, um, that's the reason why it is now the fourth largest crop in the world. You've addressed all the continents except Antarctica. And to me, the most exotic recipe is your tea-infused potato dish from China. Describe this recipe. Yeah, this is, um, um, you know, I've, I've always um, um, loved working with tea. And I think tea-smoked duck, for instance, is one of the most popular dishes in China. And so I wanted to do something very similar to, uh, uh, to uh, with potatoes. But I think, you know, the first time when I was testing it, I tested it with... Um, uh, just uh, a very strong tea-smoked potatoes in a wok, and uh, the flavors were extremely intense. Um, and so I wanted to um, sort of uh, mellow that out a little bit, but still use um, the concept of working with tea, which is so big in China and uh, in many parts of the world as well. So I uh, ended up actually uh, steeping or, or, or cooking the potatoes in um, uh, tea water, and I think that provided just a pleasant hint of bitterness to that, uh, and that seeped all the way through into these uh, uh, small uh, red new potatoes. And uh, and then I basically just dressed it with a combination of butter and fresh ginger with Chinese five spice powder, and I also incorporated some cayenne pepper and lemon with scallions, and so. Um, it brought in the flavors from that part of the country, and uh, it also um, created something very new and interesting. And so uh, that was my uh, rendition of uh, tea-infused potatoes. I grew up in Kansas, and my mom made a baked potato almost every night of the week. So to me, potatoes mm-hmm. are the most comforting, homey food. How popular mm-hmm. are potatoes in, let's say, India and outside of the United States? Uh, very popular. In fact, um, two of the countries that produce the world's um, largest amount of potatoes uh, are India and China. And um, it came to India in uh, around uh, early 16th century. And um, 
it it uh, truly it it took root and it was one of those vegetables that uh, Indians embraced with great gusto um and I kid you not Susie when I say that to this day there's no meal in India that is complete without the inclusion of potatoes so it's a very very big part of our culture and I still try to honor that um honor that tradition as well do we have to use certain types of potatoes for certain dishes, or are the varieties interchangeable? Uh, they're not interchangeable. Uh, I, every uh, recipe and every technique in particular uh, uh, in a recipe um, usually will determine which is the appropriate potato for that. I've sort of broken the book down into two major categories, uh, floury potatoes and waxy potatoes. Uh, your floury potatoes are potatoes that have high amounts of starch and low amounts of moisture, uh, and they lend themselves well to uh, baking and to um, uh, making mashed potatoes as well. And so when you look at the world of um, waxy potatoes, which are your boiling potatoes, they have very high moisture and low starch. They are very good for maintaining their shape and their size as they boil, and so they're great for uh, making potato salad. They're also great for pan frying, for instance, uh, because you can uh, keep the shape intact. Uh, so every potato does have a particular use, uh, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. I, like a lot of people, have always thought that potatoes were lackluster nutritionally. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's one of those vegetables that actually is very sound nutritionally, and uh, potato by itself is actually a very um, high source of complex carbohydrates. Um, and it is um, um, what you need for your body to break it down into energy. And um, it also has a very high source of uh, vegetable protein. Um, and, um, um, and it is one of those things that, um, uh, that also has a high amount of vitamin C and um, um, potassium and magnesium as well. So uh, very, very uh, big source of um, nutrition. And I think it is, uh, you know, of course, what you add to the potatoes is what you are going to end up, um, you know, making it unhealthy. Cream and fat and everything else, I think, will um, make it uh, very unapproachable in terms of a solid nutritional background. So I think... um, but by itself, you know, it has no fat. It has, um, um, you know, um, and I think it lends itself well uh, if you're looking for a healthy, um, healthy diet. You have handy tater tips with every recipe. If we mm-hmm. want to make hash browns, what's your tater tip for shredding potatoes? The best way to do it is, you know, you can either use a mandolin if you've got one or even a food processor, um, uh, or a, a box grater works actually really well as well. Uh, the large hold uh, side actually would be perfect for that. And so you shred the potatoes and you immediately have to put them in um, cold water so that you will um, prevent the potato from um, turning brown and gray. So, um, and then plus also it, um, all the surface starch sort of sinks to the bottom. Um, and then you can um, drain the potato, give it a good rinse, and uh, uh, blot it dry with some paper towels. And um, and then when you are, and you season it lightly with um, just salt and pepper or whatever else you want to put into it. Um, and then you heat your oil in the skillet, and you um, 
spread the um, shredded potatoes into the oil and you put a lid on it and um, don't, you know, do anything to it, but just let it brown and the underside becomes nice and crispy. And, you know, because it's covered, the steam rises from within and, you know, you sort of get a, um, a, a more of an al dente quality on the top side. And then you flip it over and then you repeat uh, the other side as well. And then you take it out and you get the perfect hash brown, uh, crispy on the outside and it's creamy and tender on the inside. Um, and I guess hearing myself talk, I'm making myself hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so you only flip it once? I, I usually keep flipping it. So I guess no, just flip it once. Yeah, just flip it once. And so you get the underside, flip it, and then brown the second side and you're done. What is your secret to the ultimate mashed potatoes? Uh, the ultimate mashed potato, I think, calls for the ultimate potato, which is the workhorse of potatoes. And in my book, it is the um, Russet Burbank Um uh, your variety, garden variety potato that is everywhere. And uh, I usually, I, I peel the potato because I like the texture of it, uh, especially for mashed potatoes, I like it peeled. And so I peel it, I cut it into large cubes, and I boil it in water. Salting, no salting, it's your preference, but I usually don't salt it. Um, and then you um, boil it until it's just tender. So when you stick a fork and it just barely starts to fall apart. And... Um, I drain it and then I return it back to that same pan on the low heat and dry the potato surface, the cubes out. Um, and while that's happening, you know, then I actually have a separate pot going uh, of my hot liquids. And so I usually do a combination of heavy cream and uh, cream cheese, actually, with uh, butter and some, um, you know, really coarsely ground black peppercorns and a good, good type of salt. And um, you could throw in herbs in there at that point in time as well. Um, and then once my potato uh, cubes are dried out, I actually put them into a ricer, which is really your key. Uh, it's, a, it's a utensil uh, you can actually find just about anywhere. You can find kitchen uh, smallwares. And um, you, you, push it, you push the cubes uh, right through uh, the ricer into a serving bowl. And you get these strands which look like rice kernels, and they're light, and they're fluffy, and they're perfect. And, um, uh, and it's then when you start to, um, you know, you take your liquid, which is now nice and warm, um, and I pour that over the potatoes, and I fold it in, uh, and I throw some chives on top. And I fold it in just until the liquid gets incorporated into uh, the potatoes. It's very much like folding egg whites to get your meringue, you know, and you don't want to overdo it, and you want to do it just until it's done. And at that point in time, you have actually, you know, you stick a fork in, and you're feeling like you're eating puffs of cloud with this really strong, nice potato flavor to it. Um, and the richness of the cream cheese and the butter comes through. So um, that, to me, is the, uh, is the ultimate mashed potato. And it's all about the right potato and the right technique. That sounds amazing. It seems like the cream cheese and the ricer are your two secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's out now. Now everybody knows. <laughs> like, like I said, you change one kitchen at a time. By, <laughs> uh, by <laughs> and so um, that is so very true. But truly, it's, it's, it's one of those very – that's why I think it, you know, good mashed potato uh, gives you – such a feeling of comfort and warmth, and I think it's magical. Over the weekend, I made your recipe for twice-baked potatoes with bacon on page 134. So my mm -hmm. grandma used to make this every Christmas, and this recipe mm -hmm. seemed to be 
one of your introductions to the Midwestern cuisine and uh -huh. your partner's parents. Describe yes. how they store their potatoes for long Minnesota winters. This is my, my sort of my opening experience as to how potatoes really should be stored. And they lived in a farming uh, community in southwestern Minnesota. And um, I remember the first time I went to their place, which was, um, you know, wintertime. And um, Terry's mother asked me to um, go out to the garage and get the potatoes. And I said, well, it is winter. Where would, why would they have potatoes in the garage? And uh, uh, in the garage, in the closet, there was a cardboard box of potatoes that were covered with, um, uh, with uh, a gunny sack. Um, and um, it was muddy and dirty, and I thought, well, that's sort of interesting. And so I grabbed a handful that she needed, and I walked back in, and I scrubbed it. And, um, you know, of course, then you've got the beautiful potato underneath it. Um, and that was my first um, exposure to how they should be preserved, because that's, um, that's the best way to do it. If, so if, you, if you have access to uh, fresh duck potatoes with the mud still around it, that's how you store it in a cool, dark spot. Uh, that's what I recommend, if it's possible. With the twice-baked potato recipe, why should we coat the potatoes in salt before baking? I've never done that before. It was a technique that I thought would work really well, uh, because oftentimes people make the mistake of when they are baking potatoes, they actually wrap it in foil and yeah. they put them in the oven. And that's not baking, that's actually steaming it, and uh, because the um, foil provides, you know, a cover and, and the steam gets entrapped in there and you're not, you know, and the potato uh, to me is really quite unpalatable. Um, and, uh, and so when I scrub the potato and I poke holes in it so that, you know, that'll prevent it from bursting in the oven while it's still wet, I coat it with salt and what the salt is like, you know, when you're making salt crusted um, salmon, for instance, or, you know, anything in the oven that is salt crusted, the salt um, provides sort of a layer of, um, um, you know, a, a crispiness, which I think is really wonderful. But also it, um, it uh, draws out the moisture from within, which makes the potato, baked potato, really shine. Um, and, um, and then once it's done, and you put them directly on the rack, and then once it's done, you get these uh, salt-crusted potato out, and you lop off the top side, and you scoop out the inside, and you see the, you know, the creaminess and the uh, perfect um, uh, temperature and texture of the potato at that time and so uh, and so that lends itself really well to um, um, being scooped out and turned into a twice baked potato and um, you know a lot of times I see people actually when they eat twice baked potato they just eat the inside and I'm thinking oh my it's the outside that is equally addictive and so because you've got the um, salt clinging to that and you've got the crustiness and you've got that beautiful flavor and so I love eating as well. So, um, um, so all of it, I think, is perfectly edible. You know how you had us lop off the top? Well, I ate like four tops before. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> and, uh, and that, you know, again, that's the beauty of that salt crust, you know, and you get these, um, it's a perfect snack. And, um, and it's not like there's a lot of salt, you know, it's just enough to coat it. And I think, you know, that's just right in, in bringing out the flavor of that baked potato. So, um, yeah, it's a technique that I, I tried and it worked beautifully well. What can we do with the gorgeous leftover filling? Uh, the filling itself is, um, you know, it's got all that beautiful um, 
um, you know, cream and peppers. And one of the things I talk about in the recipes actually uh, is when you have fresh figs in season is to cut them in half and then pipe a bit of the filling on each half and baking it. So you get this um, baked figs, you know, with this phenomenal filling. And uh, the other option I talk about is also just take the filling and then roll them in panko breadcrumb crumbs and then pan frying it until it's crispy on both sides. And so that's another easy way to do it as well. What do you have coming up for 2017 and where can we find you on the web? Uh, on the web, I am um, uh, accessible uh, through my website, which is uh, ragavanire.com. That's R-A-G-H-A-V-A-N-I-Y-E-R.com. And... Um, uh, I'm also very active on Facebook, which is Raghavan.ir, and uh, Twitter, at 660Curries, um, and also on Instagram as at Raghavan.ir. Um, as far as what's coming up in 2016, um, I am uh, in the start of uh, a 20-city book tour, a national book tour, and um, so I will be coming into many of the cities across the U.S. and also Vancouver. And um, it is, uh, I, I still continue to teach a lot, and I will be teaching at a lot of places around town and um, around the country. Uh, also, I, I do a fair amount of spokesperson work and uh, consulting for large corporations. And so uh, it it's, um, seems like a busy year coming up, and I, I am working on a couple of um, private tours um, to uh, India, and um, that would be the tail end of 2017-2018. So um, lots of lots of uh, good things happening, and plus, of course, you don't have to start thinking about it, about another book. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely. Well, now with this book, we are all obsessed with the potato. Thank you so much, Raghavan, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Oh, Susie, my pleasure. It's been uh, really a joy talking with you. And uh, the cold winter day outside is now more bearable, I think, with warm thoughts of uh, potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again.